Welcome to the Team Indigo podcast and our playtesting of the Time Watch RPG designed by Kevin Culp and due to be published by Pelgrane uh, Press in the foreseeable future. This was our first adventure as well as an introduction to each other, having originally met up on the Time Watch Kickstarter comments page. This adventure was our initial attempt at understanding the system and rules and was deliberately designed to run for less than two hours. I took the decision to design a deliberately linear adventure to introduce it as a result. The players consisted of Michael Matika as Dr. Leah Bren, James Baldock as Vid Van Sika 5, and Robert Ruthven as Altani. I am Jay Campbell, and I was the initial GM for the group. Together the players formed Team Indigo. This mission was codenamed Runtime Bugs, and introduced the concept of wormhole wolf packs. After listening, we'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. Thank you. Now, please be aware, if at any time during the play you feel that either yourself or any of the other characters have earned a stitch, that's the reward points that you under, uh, you'll be aware of, please, <coughs> please, please, please feel free to uh, remind me. Stitches can be used for refreshing your pools, to aid an ally in teamwork. You can use them to simplify time travel and avoid a chronal stability check or you can even boost uh, combat damage or reduce combat damage but there is a limit of a maximum of three that can be held start with one Uh, also please be aware that uh, Atlani and Vid both have uh, four to hit that means that um, your armor covers you for the first four points of damage uh, on a roll so they need to get five or six to hit yourselves. Uh, Dr. Breen, because of her being less uh, athletic, has uh, three. So anything above four is a hit for yourself. Okay. But you have a number Actually, of other skills which you'll see, uh, special facilities, etc. I think the, the armor, we all have armor one as well, which uh, reduces any damage taken by one. That's correct. Yeah. That's built into your uh, uniforms, or in the case of Vid 5, into his uh, skin. Hmm. Right, let me know when you're all ready to start. Ready. Okay, is that us, everybody ready? Yep. Right. Affirmative. Right, let's start our theme tune then. Right, you've all been called to briefing room 8 at Time Watch Citadel. As you enter uh, the door, uh, you find that you're Time Watch Liaison, Dr. Paula Nagayan, uh, is waiting for you. Uh, Dr. Nagayan is French-Vietnamese, approximately 30 years of age, very slim and small, dressed in combat fatigues. She's sitting in her wheelchair as usual. Uh, Mejali Flix, uh, welcome, welcome. Come in, quick. Um, the... You are being called because we have uh, had a time tremor which has been uncovered 
in London, 1983. It is believed mm. that uh, it may have been caused by an uh, Einstein-Rosen bridge. Um, uh, how you say a an anomaly, um, a wormhole? Well, in uh, layman's terms, of course, Doctor. We, we, we. This is this tremor may well have been caused by uh, Noir Operation Secret. Um, uh, how you say, Black Ops team uh, traveling through uh, uh, this wormhole to change, uh, to might perhaps to gather treasure or to gather weapons from, etc., etc. Um, it is your mission to identify the origins of this um, black ops team, uh, correct and prevent any changes to this crime scheme that they may have caused, and mm. if possible, to use a bridge disruptor to close the home gate and prevent any further temporal abuses. Um, naturally. Now, uh, Dr. Breen, you will be issued with the disruptor. As you know, such a device must be used at the uh, home gate of the, the people who are traveling through rather than at the other end. That would only block that entrance. It will not stop the, um, this uh, wolf pack from traveling through again. Uh, of course, of course, Doctor. Um, now, obviously, we have certain things we know. Most of these wolf packs uh, originate from a generation that's able to identify stable wormholes uh, or Einstein-Rosen bridges. Uh, these gates are invisible except to psychics, uh, and they seem to oscillate between their original gate and others located throughout time and space. Therefore, there's always a 50% chance every time you go through a gate that it will return you to your original base. Hmm. Um, before you set off, we have Billy Bob, who will issue you with your standard time watch equipment. Um, and I would say, um, how you say, answer a pro for doing a I mean, um, be careful out there. Oh, thank you, thank you, Doctor. Uh, she then starts to wheel out of the uh, briefing room, and Billy Bob comes in, starts handing out your autocrons. Um, uh, is the combat model not ready yet? Uh, it, this is the combat model. You have two settings. That is your standard moving from the ordinary rod to your um, ready to use as an autocron. And of course, you have the quarterstaff version which extends to a, uh, a meter, two meters long, and can be used as a, a hand weapon. Whatever you do, do not use the autocron um, when it is open, ready for travel uh, as a weapon, because it's, it's quite vulnerable at that state when it's at the one meter uh, length. Oh, okay. Okay, so you can use it as a club, you can use it as a quarter staff, but don't use it when it's open up, ready to use as an autocron. It's just too vulnerable then. The other equipment that you have is your uh, impersonator mesh, which uh, is a transparent, psi-active device that sits directly on your skin 
and immediately blends in to allow you to become almost invisible. Obviously, if you're screaming and shouting in someone's face, you're not going to be that invisible. Um, we don't issue it for uh, bid five because obviously it can't interact with his face, with his skin. Uh, you all have a med kit, which allows you to heal either yourself or others. You have three mem tags each, which can be used to send an unconscious uh, person back to ourselves for uh, reprogramming and re-assisting them and to um, forget what has happened. You have your pacifist disruptor, which is usable with both scuffling and those of you with shooting skills can use it at a slightly wider range. Mm -hmm. And of course your tether and your translator, which uh, is supplied as mem dots that we just suggest you uh, attach to your jaw to allow you to translate anything that comes through and to talk directly, sub-vocally, with your tether. Mm. Uh, any questions? Let's see, where's my science device? Ah, yes. Billy Bob walks over, pulls out a, a very small box. It's about the uh, size of uh, a very small uh, tablet, about eight inches long. He shows you that the, it's been set for a minute and a half once programmed, and he programs it in for all three of you to be able to activate it if necessary. This has to be placed within uh, approximately 10 meters of the home gate and it will cause a, a massive temporal disruption. It is strongly suggested that the minute you program this, you get the heck out of there. Of course, of course. I snatch it out of his hands before he says any more. It is a model you're very familiar with, Dr. Breen. In fact, I think you might even have made the original prototype. Mm, yes. This is a slight improvement. <laughs> Improvements? How? Um, it works. <laughs> so, the, so basically what you tried to say is that the one didn't. He, he invented the original disruptor, uh, bridge disruptor. It just had a, a slight habit of not always functioning when it should have done. This one has been improved. Mm. Success is measured in percentage. Well, that's true. Um, Billy Bob then goes over to vid five, clanks you on the side of your head. Oi! Uh, um, <coughs> takes out a little reader pad and checks. Says, um, I'm not 100% convinced this Asimov inhibition software has actually taken. Um, can I strongly suggest to the rest of you that uh, you might want to avoid traveling to Pakistan on this trip? just in case he ends up with overriding his uh, protocols. Hmm, I don't think that'll be necessary. Just a word of caution, shall we say. I'm just not convinced the Asimov inhibition has, uh, protocol was actually taken on vid 5. Hmm. Okay, so are there any questions you'd like to ask beforehand? What is what? an Asimov? Uh, Asimov was a very intelligent uh, science fiction writer from the early 20th century who invented the first uh, rules that governed robotics in a sensible society. Ah, I see. 
actually it's the, it's the free rules of <laughs> robotics. Uh, well, in this day and age, we just merely refer to them as the Asimov inhibitions. Right. Right, folks, any questions at all? Nope, let's get going. Okay, you are issued your autocrons. You put them into autocron positioning. And <laughs> purple ball falls around you, and you start finding yourself coming through. And you are, seem to be in a side street where there is a large parade walking past in front of you. The parade would appear to be uh, of young people for the most part, dressed in very skimpy outfits, despite it being overcast and rather cold. Behind right. you, go ahead. First, first thing, check the date and location of the uh, autocron. Autocron tells you you're in London, 1983, and you appear to be in a place called Notting Hill. This is supposed to be summer, but going by the weather, you might be persuaded otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The side street that you are in is empty at the moment. Behind you, there is a locked gate, uh, behind which there are two motorcycles. And in front of you, as I said, there is a large parade, mostly <laughs> consisting of people wearing skimpier outfits than would be classed as uh, appropriate in this particular climate. There's also police officers and a lot of people walking back and forth. There is a strong, sweet, sickly smell uh, that some of you recognise as being ganja, marijuana being smoked. Despite the police presence, no one seems to be paying the slightest bit of attention. We appear to have arrived at some kind of festival. Mm. That would be, appear to be the, the, the information that you have. Uh, Notting Hill Carnival is what your tether would appear to be telling you is the location that you're at. <clears throat> it's a bit like uh, a very small cut-down version of uh, the carnival at Rio de, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, Michael, in case you're wondering. Right. Held in the centre of London. And for some reason, it always seems to rain or be overcast whenever it's held. What are you doing? You're currently standing, as I said, in the alleyway. Well, first first of all, I think the first thing we've got to do is, well, look at, look at our scanners and try and get to the position of the first gateway that we need to block off. Your scanners do not register the gate. The only thing that registers the gate is a psychic. So you have to look instead for the individuals who may have travelled through the gate. Uh, have a look for anybody who doesn't bet, I suppose. At the moment, the people wandering past the end of the alleyway are dressed in carnival costumes as I said, or police officer, or people were obviously enjoying themselves with their plastic cups of beer. There's nothing obvious at the end of that, as you look up the, the alleyway itself. But don't forget, your autocron does not necessarily put you right on top of the disturbance. It could be anywhere within a matter of um, hundreds of metres away. Well, I suggest that we actually spend a bit of time investigating this carnival and if 
the people that we're trying to find are here, then like us, they would probably look they would probably look out of step as we are. It's mm. Probably, because they probably won't... Unless unless they are quite familiar with this area, so... It's, that's... Don't forget, wormholes are very uh, unreliable. They can go anywhere and anywhere, which means that unless this is a, a very stable gate, chances are they've never been here before. So right. it's highly likely will stand out in some way. Well, this... this... This, 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 this is what it means. If the wormhole is disturbing and it, it can come out anyway, then, then surely anybody that has gone through it, come over to this side, would, would look like ourselves out of place. That's a strong possibility. Are you going to... Yes, I'm going to look and I'm actually going to do all that. Right, that's fine. What about the rest of you? I tell my impersonator mesh that I need to blend in, so whoever, the first person I see, which is um, a dark-skinned woman wearing basically uh, um, undergarments with big flumed, plumed feathers from her uh, bottom and from a hat that she's wearing. So feathers and bikini. That's fine, that is what you've changed to. Rob? Uh, my, uh, I'm telling my impersonator mesh to model one of those... Uh, uh, enforcement officers that seem to be around. That's fine. You find yourself uh, visually looking as if you have a rather large helmet on your head, white shirt, blue trousers and boots. Vid 5? Yes? What are you changing into, or not, as the matter may be? Actually, I'm actually, I'm actually, not, I'm actually not going to change. I'm going to stay as I am. Right, that's fine. <laughs> So as you move to the end of the uh, alleyway, uh, you find yourself joining the crowd of people. There seems to be a natural disturbance about 100 metres down the road. Uh, there's a bit of a hill. The parade, as you can hear, has moved on, and it seems to be blocked further down. Um, there is what appears to be four people dressed in black outfits. Um, Anybody with uh, military tactics, uh, Altani, um, yep. you would immediately recognize that uh, yeah. they are dressed well. in black combats. One of them, a very tall gentleman, about seven foot two, appears to be carrying uh, an RPG-7 uh, grenade launcher strapped over his shoulder and holding in his hands a, mach a machine gun of some sort. Some sort of Kalashnikov knockoff. Uh, I believe I found our uh, Black Ops team. Um, as you all look, you can see that there are four of them in total. Uh, one of them seems to be at front of the group. Uh, a, a male, very slim, about five foot eight. We have our Goliath at seven foot two. And then there are two others who don't quite fit the military mold. One is a sort of a, a rat-faced uh, male who seems to be looking at some sort of computer equipment. And the other is a young girl. Um, they are Asian in looks. Um, let me see uh, if anybody here has Streetwise. Yep. 
I would say that you would recognize them as possibly Vietnamese or Korean in looks. Uh, as I said, the, the girl looks to be about 12, but could possibly be as old as 15. But she looks extremely uncomfortable. There's also something amber flashing at her neck. Oh dear. Right, I'm actually going to start to make my way towards them, but what I'm actually going to do is I will go into a dense part of the crowd. Or actually, that's not, no, no. Actually, I will, duck in, I will duck into one corner very briefly. I will shapeshift. Mm-hmm. In, I will actually shapeshift into like a young child. I don't think you can change your size. You can only change... Well, an adult then. A human adult. So, and basically... Uh, clothing that's contemporary to the time. Okay, uh, disguise skill here. What I'd like you to do is roll 1d6. You need to get four or higher. Um, uh, well, you I can, have... if you wish, use extra disguise points. You have three of them, I believe. Yeah, I, I have three. I tell you what, I'm actually going to blow... No, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make a basic roll. Sod it. Okay, so if you can roll 1d6 for me, you want four or higher. Hang on a minute. I've rolled a four. No problem. You have successfully shapeshifted. What are the rest of you doing at this point? How, how are, uh, are they concealed from the crowd? or? No, they are standing how, how... in the middle of the, the parade, seemingly disrupting the flow. Police officers are heading towards them. Um, they look very surprised uh... and unsure what they're doing. Oh, heck. In fact, yeah, uh, since I am uh, disguised as a police officer, I'll be heading towards them as well. <laughs> right, no problem. And what is Dr. Breen doing? I'm dancing towards them. Terribly, by the way. <laughs> no in idea that case, what I'm you doing. fit in perfectly with everything else that's happening there. As you move further down into the crowd, you're finding that the... Goliath, for want of a better name for him, uh, is definitely very unhappy and is currently sort of holding the Kalashnikov in his hand. Most people seem to think they're just part of the act, mm. of the parade, so they're, for the most part, ignoring them, but the police are not happy. Uh, unfortunately, there aren't any armed police. They are all sort of... Uh, the only weapon they have is a, a baton. That stop, they carry or I'll say stop pockets. again. Sorry, Rob? No. No, I, I, I just said, oh, heck. <laughs> um, as you get closer, you definitely get the impression that uh, this consists of two soldiers and two civilians. And the girl, she's about four foot eight. She looks extremely slim, st- starved even. Uh, she's extremely frightened, and her face has a number of old bruising bruises on them. Whenever the captain gets, the, one of the soldiers gets near her, she immediately sort of shrinks back as if she's a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. She definitely has a metal collar rod of some sort that is flashing regular amber. Mm. Actions, folks. You're now right. approaching her. Well, b- before I actually approach, I'm going to actually look on one of my... Um, let's see, query my tether and actually see if I can actually 
I, I know I know it's a complete stab in the door. See if I can actually identify the actual colour that she's actually wearing around her neck and see what it does and if it's a, if it's a danger or... That's fine. Do you have any tinkering skills at all? Yep, tinkering free. Right. Uh, in that case, you recognise that this is a sort of early 20th century uh, explosive collar. It oh, is... Whatever the the reason, they don't really trust the girl. Uh, as you get closer, you also realise that uh, she has got small uh, black burns on her arms, lower arms. Right. As it, is 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 there anything around her wrist or anything like that? No, nothing around her wrist. She is not restrained in any way. Right. Rob, Michael, what are you doing, mate? Well, if I'm close enough, I'm going to take my, uh, well, is the autocrown used as a scanner as well? Or um, a... You can use your tether as a scanner. <clears throat> okay, well, the um, illusory uh, feather boa that I have, I wave it in front and I say, Hey, man, would you like to dance with me? But I'm actually yes. trying to scan them for any information on their, um, any chronal uh, anomalies. There is data. definitely uh, a problem here. They're, they would appear to be a number of years, possibly 30 years, out of sync with the current uh, radiation background levels. 30 years. All right. Can I tell forward or backward? You can... <clears throat> what, using your autocron, you mean? Yes. Uh, and where are you travelling to? No, I said, can I tell whether they are 30 years... Oh, right. Uh, um, going by the radiation level, your tether would appear to give the impression that this is from... They come from somewhere where uh, nuclear weapons have been tested fairly recently. Um, I would imagine they have travelled backwards in time rather than forwards would be the diagnosis that you tether would give you. Ah, negative displacement. That's correct. Rob, how are you doing with your uh, police approach? Uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm assessing uh, whether they're uh, what their intentions are at this present moment. Are they going to start firing anytime soon, or are they... The Goliath, uh, for want of a better name for him, uh, the seven-foot-two gentleman, looks extremely unhappy and very nervous. He really does not like people coming near him. The captain, on the other hand, is just as a cigarette. Interestingly, he's holding it in Russian style, with his hand cupped over the top of it and smoking that way, um, so that the fingers are forward of the, uh, round the actual lit part of the cigarette. He looks very uncomfortable. Um, your tether is giving uh, a reading on the language he's speaking, which is North Korean. Right. Uh, okay. Okay, we'll move on is, to James. James. Is there any way? Is there any way to hack the police uh, radio and sort of uh, try and order them to stay back? 
yes, that is very easy for your tether to do. It can easily interact with the uh, primitive transmission systems used in this era. Okay. So I'm going to try and do that. Okay, let me know what message you're planning to send. Uh, Have a think about uh, it. I'll come back to you in a second. James, yep. what are you doing? Right, I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to do it a bit more. Dad. I'm actually. I'm actually going to walk right up to him. Which one? There are uh, four of them. The big, the big bruiser. But I'm going to walk up. I'm going to because it's like a festival and stuff like that. I'm going to put a bit of slur on and give the impression I've, I've had a few too many. And I'm like, I'm just like gonna really, really accidentally knock him, and just see how he reacts. Not well. He immediately sort of pushes you off. He has an immense strength, uh, equal possibly even to your own. You find yourself tippling back slightly on your heels, but you do not fall over. Right. He is not happy, and he says something in North Korean that your tether tells you relates to your ancestry being related not un, uh, commonly to some sort of female dog. Right, I got the gist, yeah. Good. Rob, how are you on your message? What are you planning to send? Uh, attention uniformed officers. Uh, maintained distance from uh, the suspect uh, and wait for armed response unit. You're immediately getting a number of incoming calls through on the tether, asking you what to do about the parade itself. Surely we should be trying to present uh, some sort of barrier to prevent the children's parade, which is due to pass through, being affected. Yeah, try and disperse the crowd. Okay, no problem. The rest of the officers are trying to move the, the parade further up and beside them, away from this, the people and moving them out of your way for you, leaving you seemingly in charge. Uh, if you have authority, yep. you might find that would be useful to do a roll on that for me, please. Again, if you want to use any of your points, please let me know. Uh, I only have authority one, so is it? That's fine. Just You still have to just roll four or above in order to... Uh, get them to take, understand and accept your transmission. Four. No problem. They are starting to move back. There's a bit of concern here, but uh, they are. you might want to increase the rank on your uniform. Right. Michael. Uh, yes. What, are you, what is Dr. Bren doing at this point? <clears throat> I'm going to use my uh, knowledge of tinkering, I'm trying to figure out what devices or device or devices on them um, relate to the technology that they could time travel with. So I want to identify nothing. it. You with your expertise in tinkering and etc., uh, etc., et the only devices they seem to have on them would appear to be the collar on the girl, some sort of uh, remote control unit on the... Uh, the person who appears to be an officer smoking Russian style, and uh, the weapons that is round the Goliath, that is all. There is mm. no technical devices, no tethers, no translation devices. In fact, everything would appear to be quite primitive from that point of view. Despite... Well, this is boring. I want another mission. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, Rob. That was in character. That was in character. Yeah, uh, I apologize. I'm uh, altered my uniform to reflect the rank I'm uh, posing as. You're now a chief inspector. Okay. And the officers are now starting to move the patrol, the parade back. The uh, what appears to be North Korean team, going by the accents and everything else that you already identified, uh, is now aware that something is going wrong. They are looking around rather surprised. The sergeant has uh, got his uh, Kirishnikov sort of in his arms, looking very weary, particularly after being bumped into uh, by Vid 5. Uh, and they are starting to back against a wall. Okay. Right. That's my preparedness. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just approach them. Right. What are you gonna say? Or do? <clears throat> you don't belong here. Okay. Your tether translates this for you. St stand down. Uh, and you, you you can come peacefully. The smaller of the two military uh, people there, the one with the cigarette, uh, immediately looks at you, does a very, very shallow bow, his eyes never leaving you at any time, and he says, uh, may I compliment you on your Korean? We are about to leave. Uh, we are sorry for any disruption. He then turns around and says, Sergeant Gok, head mm. back. The Goliath backs up and walks through the wall Cut, right. and vanishes. At which point, the rat-faced uh, person who's not carrying any weapons uh, immediately sort of falls and jumps through. And then the girl flinching as she goes past uh, the officer and again jumps through the wall. It's as if the wall is still there. They're just there t walking through the wall equivalent. Ah, I love it when they run. <laughs> the coefficient of friction of this wall seems to be compromised. That would be a very uh, logical assumption to make under the circumstances. This would appear to be a gate of some sort. Uh, can we go through it after them? Or well, at the moment, the, the, the Korean officer, uh, who seems to be in charge, uh, is still standing there in front of you. He has in his hands a, uh, a handgun. He, as each of them goes through, he again says, he sort of nods to you, and then he himself steps through. Right. Your actions. Uh, I'm going to pursue. Follow. Dr. Bryn? Oh, yes, this is the most interesting thing I've seen all day. <laughs> As you step up to the wall, 
there's nothing obvious for you to see or uh, that tells you anything is, is wrong with that wall. But as you put your hand on it, your hand goes through the wall itself. Oh, nice sound effects. You are now in what appears to be a sort of a kaleidoscopic tunnel of colours and scents. The walls appear to be semi-permeable and bouncy underfoot, squelchy, a bit like walking on rubber. Ahead of you, uh, approximately about a couple yards ahead, is the four Koreans moving forward. This tunnel sort of weaves and you find yourself moving as you walk forward, following them. You cannot seem to run. You can never seem to close the distance between you and the Korean team ahead. But you find yourself moving forward, and there is a bright light ahead of you. What are your actions? Hmm. I guess I keep dancing down the hallway. Actually, what I'm actually doing, I'm going to get the ultra crunch to actually map the path of this wormhole. Your autocron does not recognise anything that is currently happening. You appear to be outside of normal space-time. Uh, yeah, I don't want to risk shooting anybody or anything while we're in this, so I'm just going to follow. <laughs> That's fine. As I said, whatever happens, you don't seem to be able to close the distance between yourself and the team ahead. It's as if somehow or other the tunnel seems to retain the same time distance between yourselves and them. Mm. There is a bright light ahead. And you're starting to find that as you step forward, you find yourself stepping through into what appears to be uh, swampy grassland. The hmm. major plant that seems to be around is fern-like uh, and there are small creatures running underfoot, very small. Of course, not all of them are necessarily small. Out of game, I know I, I, I have an idea what this is, but I'm gonna, in game, I'm actually going to do a time check. You appear to be in uh, the Cretaceous period, 70 million years before Common Era, and location would appear to be Mongolia. Oh, yeah. oh very interesting. Let's see, I've never been uh. here before. creatures there. The Koreans uh, appear to be kneeling down, except for the 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 sergeant, uh, the Goliath, who appears to be very upset, glancing every particular direction and holding his RPG-7, the grenade launcher, ready to fire. What's Kate Moss doing? she appears to be very upset and very scared. At one point, she sort of seems to sort of uh, consider sort of falling to the ground, and the captain cuffs her across the face. Mm. 
as you can hear from the sounds, there are larger uh, creatures somewhere in the vicinity. They seem to be in some sort of nest, and the rat-faced individual appears to be gathering what looks like eggs from the nest and putting it into a sack that he was carrying. It's very anonymous hmm. behavior. Can you uh, restate, please, um, our mission goals? Your mission goals are to identify the origins of the Black Ops team, correct to prevent any changes to the time stream that they may cause, and if possible, use a bridge disruptor to close their home gate and prevent any them from carrying out any further temporal abuses. Thank you. That is your mission parameters. Right, the, right, uh, right, right. Given, given to what we actually know, right, especially given that mission parameters, I think we're. At, and I, I, I actually, I actually suspect that the little girl is actually psychic, which is probably the only reason why they have her. Well, she doesn't look as if she's there willingly. Yeah, well, that that's what I'm saying. It's the only reason. I could, it's the only reason. That seems logical is why is why she's there. She's a, she is also also able to identify these gates in time. Interestingly, Doctor Bryn. Yes. Looking behind you, you can actually see a glimmer where the gate now stands. Hmm. You could not see any gates previously. It applies to all of you. Previously, before you travelled through uh, the gate from Notting Hill, uh, there was nothing extraordinary to see but now that you've travelled through a gate you hypothesise that uh, perhaps encounter with the gate gives you some sort of uh, ability to sense uh, the presence of other gates Hey everybody, notice this glow here? I suspect that as we travel through these gates that we will uh, be more sensitive to them um, Hmm. I think perhaps we could use this girl's abilities as well to help find their uh, point of origin. Maybe we should rescue her. Well, I, I, I would actually suggest that we actually stop these people from taking these eggs from this time straight away. Yeah. And at which... And You've at, heard uh, that before, sound once before, but from a completely different species. Uh... Scrag, the uh, time raptor, makes a similar type of cry. Let's uh, let's I, I would, deal with I, this before Mother comes I, well, to. Well, 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 first of all, I say I just say we rescue the girl, and then we deal with we deal with these people. <clears throat> Any comments from anybody else? How are you going yes. to plan to rescue? I, I noticed that the uh, captain, I believe, had uh, a device on him. That's correct. I'm going to try to scan so I can see if that is a remote activation device for the girl's collar, and if I can somehow interrupt that frequency to prevent him from using it. Okay, that would be a uh, scientific uh, or tinkering skill. It's at level 8, so you need to put some points into this if you're wanting to <clears throat> get this particular scan, I'm afraid. 
Um, I need level eight means I need to roll. Um, you have, it's basically you need to get eight on a one d six. Okay. Which would then be, now the how to do that is that you currently have on tinkering uh, eight levels. Have, you right. can sacrifice some of those levels temporarily to increase your roll potential. Um, are you at just 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 from a mechanical standpoint? Mm-hmm. Like. If if I read the rules correctly, um, could he actually spend a point of science to get in a plus three to a roll as well? Um, I believe... Give me one second. Um, stitches can be used uh, to refresh a pool. Uh, they can add to each other's... Help an ally, uh, or they can be used for against. I'll be lost. Hello. Hello. Who's? Have we lost anyone? Are we still all here? We just had a, a an error come up on Skype. I'm back. Rob, uh, you still here? I think we temporarily lost Rob. Wow. We asked a rules question, and then everything went haywire. Uh, yes, it does seem that way. Um, as far as I can see, you can use uh, stitches to help another teammate to ease you on your time travel trips, to boost your weapon damage or reduce weapon damage, but there is nothing there that specifically states that you can... What you yeah. could do is use your existing power levels for tinkering and then increase them back. <sighs> ah, good. We're back, Rob. Hello. We thought we'd lost you for a moment there. Yeah. Obviously, a velociraptor got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just give me two seconds, and I'll find. I will find the bit in question. It's uh, page forty-six. <clears throat> so, what does it actually say? Uh, spending investigative ability points for special benefits. That's uh, what we're talking about. That's fine. Yeah, gain, gain a plus three bonus on any one general ability test. Uh, by spending a point. That's a complete, completely that's... obviate the need for a general ability role, such as spending a point of science instead of making a tinkering role, which is exactly our situation. Okay. Yeah. Giving support. There's a lot you can do. I mean, basically, by spending points, you are able to uh, ensure that you are successful in almost any role that you want to do. You are the experts. So what are we doing here? I'm going to spend a point of science, if I may, to absolutely succeed at this, if, uh, if that's allowed that's by your definition. Yep, that's fine by me. And since I, if, if I can discern how to do this, I want to go ahead and do it. Jam his um, remote signal. Right. You appear to be have found the... Uh... Bear with me one second. You appear to have found the frequency, and you're turning your tether into uh, some form of uh, signal disruptor, which seems to have blocked it. The collar has, for the moment, stopped blinking. Okay, who's got the girl? Uh, who's holding the girl right now? Nobody is holding the girl. They don't seem to feel there is a need to hold the girl. What we have is uh, the... 
large uh, soldier Goliath. The sergeant is currently holding uh, the RPG grenade launcher. Re very scared. He looks as if he's, he's quite petrified. The captain is busy grabbing at the collar of the rat-faced gentleman. And the girl is just sort of looking extremely terrified, half on the ground, uh, not wanting to be where she is. Well, I, well I'm actually going to draw my disruptor and be, begin aiming. Cause I, w I think we should stun these first, and then, and then we can start to do stuff. That's fine. Please be aware that uh, your pacifist, which is uh, your disruptor, bear with me one second, I'll pull up the rules, is designed for um, cl very close range, basically point-blank use only with scuffling or with uh, shooting ability, then you can actually get an extra range on that. So at the moment, you'd need to close right up to be able to use your weapons. Right. Oh, I think then I would get closer. That's fine. You moving on your own, or are the other members of the team moving uh, with you? I'm, I'm moving with them. That's fine. And Dr. Bren? I'm staying at the back and maintaining the disruption. That's fine. The uh, sergeant has seen you approaching. He's starting to... I uh, suggest you tell your friend to stop packing eggs. He looks at you surprised, but uh, he just uh, the captain just smiles. At which point uh, you again hear And out of the surrounding area near the uh, the nest have jumped three raptors. They are about three to four feet in size. They're not massively uh, big, covered in feathers, but they are extremely vicious, and they are attacking the captain and the sergeant. <laughs> the sergeant backhands one, and it falls flying away. He then starts to run back towards yourselves. Right, well, I'm going to just run and grab the girl. <laughs> That's fine. As you're running towards you, the captain fires off a shot. Um, bear with me one second. Right, what we need to do at this point is roll who has initiative in combat. Is there anyone in particular that wants to go first? The idea behind initiative is that the person who plays the... Uh, the initiative first, then chooses who goes next. Hmm. And that includes the enemy. So you can, if you leave them to the very end, they can choose to go uh, get two shots off by going last and first to the next round. So who would like to leave the initiative? Okay. So what are you doing? Actually, I'm actually going to close... I'm actually going to rope and actually close the distance. So I can fire faster. Okay, don't forget the weapon you're att you've got is your pacifist, which can only be used... If you've got shooting skills, you can use it at close range. Um, if you haven't got shooting skills, then you have to get into uh, very close range. 
I'm close. Yeah, I'm clo- I'm I'm clo- I'm closing the distance. Okay. Right. Anybody else doing anything at this point in time? Who's standing closest to me of our party? Um, at the moment, uh, the Mongol princess would appear to be the closest. Vid Five is running towards uh, the sergeant. Altani, um, let, let me let me fiddle with that real quick. Maybe I can make the range better on that pacifist. That's fine. Um, mm. As described on page 161, you can make a successful tinkering roll to overcharge a pacifist, boosting its effect, uh, including the range. Um, so that would be... You'd still need to, even increasing it, you'd still need to get quite close before you'd be able to, to use it. It is a, a hand-to-hand weapon specifically. But if you want to, Dr. Breen wants to roll on her tinkering skills uh, four or higher, then she should be able to change the, the settings quite quickly to extend it. At the okay. risk of actually switching it so it only used once, it would then not necessarily function the second time. Okay, I'll throw two points of tinkering. Okay. So you need to get three or hi- two or higher. I got a. I rolled a two, so that would give me a minimum of four. Yep, that's fine. So whose uh, pacifist have you altered? Altani. Okay, Altani, you can now, as long as you can get uh, within close range, you should be able to use your pacifist on somebody. But be right. warned, it may malfunction after that because it has been tinkered with. What's the chances of that out of curiosity? I think it's if I roll a one. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Dr. Bryn, you're standing by the gate. Uh, Atlani, you are moving forward. Vin is currently running up a front. Vin 5 has got initiative. Uh, who are you aiming at, Vin? Um, I will aim at the one that is next to the little girl. Right, that would be the rat-faced individual with the eggs. Yep. Who doesn't appear to be armed. Yeah, well, I'm only stunning him anyway, so it makes no odds. That's fine, no problem. Who is going to take initiative after you? Um, actually, I think one of those... I think one of those... I think one of the bad guys can take the initiative next. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I sort of jumped in there and took initiative. Sorry. I... No, no, that's fine. It was. <laughs> I was assuming that both of these were happening at the same time, so that's fine. There's not a problem with that. Okay. Vin, can you please uh, roll your dice, please? Four or higher. Roll that again. Uh, four. Right. You successfully hit the rat-faced individual, knocking him down, and you hear the eggs go crack. Oh. Right, fair enough. Uh-oh. Uh, mother does not look pleased. You've now got three uh, raptors. Two of them are occupied, attacking the captain and the sergeant. But the other is now moving its attention from the rat-faced individual onto you. 
Okay, think about that for the next action. Yep. Who's taking initiative after you? You said they are? The bad guys, yeah, but I'll let you I'll let you choose specifically which one. Okay. Can you roll to uh, to dodge? It will be uh, the sergeant against yourself. Bear with me one second. I'm still trying to get used to these rules. Range is now near, so you can use... With shooting skills, you can use your uh, pacifist. Uh, Atlani, be aware <laughs> you're now getting into close range, so you should be able to use your tinkered with uh, pacifist. Right. Um, can I interrupt one sec? If, if, anybody, if anybody's looking up a rule um, for the game... Can you call out the page you're looking it up, just just for our reference, so we can try to follow along, you know, to read uh, the relevant portion? This is from the set of notes I sent you, so I'm afraid ah. I haven't got the actual page number. Um, no problem. So I apologize. So that's it, fine. Yeah, so that's your, your hit threshold is four, I believe. Yep. Uh, Gok is not using any points on this. He has rolled a two, so he has fired but missed. You are, if you've got uh, shooting skills, you're now within range to use your pacifist on him. Just keep that in mind as we move. So who is taking... Uh, I'm going to nominate Rob the next person to the initiative on this. All right. I'm going to fire at the sergeant with my pacifist. Right. Again, is. uh his hit to hit is three, so... Yeah, so I'm going to spend... Uh, let's see, one, two... I'm going to spend three shooting points. Right. So, so that in that case, that's an automatic. Yeah. So basically, you've hit uh, the sergeant. Five points of damage. He is extremely stunned. He is unable to fire... Um, at the moment, the girl is still uh, cowering on the ground, but she is now almost close enough to you to, to see what's happening. Who are you passing initiative off to now? Uh, I'm going to... Let's see. Bed's gone. The sergeant's gone. Uh, I'm going to let one of the bad guys take it. Okay. The captain... Hasn't realised what has happened to the, the equipment. Realises that you're heading towards the girl and tries pressing the button. Nothing is happening. He's looking extremely surprised as he's firing off at one of the Velociraptors. He passes the uh, initiative now to yourself, Michael. <laughs> so what's Dr. Uh, Bren doing? Uh, laughing. Um, <laughs> laughing at his inability. He does look very surprised. He keeps on hitting the button while firing uh, his handgun off. He's now starting to turn and starts running back towards the gate. Oh, I'm going to scan the gate, uh, see if I can get any information on it, any way to uh, control it, manipulate it, or at least discern um, anything else about it, like where we can, uh, where else we can go uh, through it. The gate would appear to uh, oscillate between the original home gate it came from and other destinations. Uh, at the moment, you all you're getting is uh, a reading that there is something there that uh, seems abnormal. There's a slightly higher radiation level 
but not sufficient to uh, act as an identifier of gates. It, this almost appears background invisible. Interesting. Uh, your senses are. You can actually see the glow coming from the gate. You can get a smell of uh, roses coming from the gate. So there I, are, your senses can identify it, but not the machinery. If I might make a suggestion. Go ahead. Uh, one of us, uh, if, if only one of us is close enough to follow, they, they can follow him through the, the gate and then uh, commu communicate their location and space and time to us, and we'll just uh, autocron through. Okay, that's one way of doing it. The other thing to be aware of is, as it would appear to be, once somebody is in the gate, Dr. Bryn, you would hypothesize that the gate remains stable until the exit. Mm -hmm. With the tunnel, naturally. With the tunnel. And as I said, the, the length of time between the, the person first entering and the next person appears to remain constant while in the tunnel. It cannot be shortened. Mm. Of course, basic quantum mechanics. That's your supposition. Uh, I would make a hurry quite quickly. That does not sound like a Velociraptor to me. In fact, the uh, the smell of blood would appear to have attracted an animal not unlike a T-Rex. Your tethers are identifying it as a Taporosaurus, which is a uh, slightly smaller but just as vicious T-Rex-looking uh, like creature. Uh, it's standing approximately 12 meters long, and masses are roughly about five uh, metric tons. And it is now moving at a fairly fast pace of knots towards the nest where uh, the velociraptors are busy tearing lumps out of Gok's arm. So, having moved, is there anything you specifically want to do, Dr. Brin? Um, perhaps um, relocate my spatial coordinates to one that is less um, unsafe. And where would that be? Into the tunnel. Right, so you're heading into the tunnel. Right, what are the rest of you doing at this point? Uh, I'm running with the girl. You run, you've grabbed the girl and running with her. She's very scared. She keeps on sort of grabbing at the collar, saying as if she's terrified it's going to explode. Uh, the other two are busy fighting uh, Velociraptors. What is Vid5 doing at this point? Um, I think I'm going to make, 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 make my way back to the gate as well. Okay. The last thing you see as you're about to enter uh, the gate is the uh, T-Rex-like creature grabbing Gok and ripping half his arm off. The in the meantime, the Velociraptors are sort of trying to drag the rat-faced person as far away as they can. Hmm. You enter the gate, and what you can see is the captain up ahead of you. The distance remains steady. There's something seems to be happening you, as you've entered the gate. You sense something is happening there, something that is not normal, not 
your experience from previous times. Hmm. You can't see anything through the permeable walls. Or can you? There is something that appears to be chasing after the captain and possibly running beside you. You get impressions of some sort of four-legged or creature. Um, long spines down its back. Grey metal blue skin. It's just impressions. It's not there. It just feels like it's there. And the gate seems to... The tunnel seems to be longer than it's ever been before. Uh -oh. It feels as if something is distorting the gate. It feels thinner. Occasionally you see something that looks like a claw almost reaching through the walls of the tunnel. What are your actions? Uh, Looks like there might be a juxtaposition of time streams here. There's definitely something that seems to be interacting with the walls of the tunnel. How close is Vid to me? Uh, Vid is just slightly distance behind you. Um, the problem is that unless you stop, he will never actually catch up with you until you're through the gate. Right. There is definitely... You get visions in your face of some sort of creature with sort of seven eyes poking through the, the walls of the, the gate. And then suddenly you see the, the light at the other side and you are through. You're finding yourself in an organic um, chamber of some sort. Uh, the smell is very musky. Uh, a bit like wet dog or wet woods. There's a slight smell of coriander. And there are giant bugs. Millipedes and large cockroach-like creatures uh, wandering past you. They seem to be ignoring you. But the captain is standing there completely aghast. In front of him there is a giant two-meter-tall cockroach-like creature. Oh, no. Chittering away at him. Coriander? Fit five, don't go here, it's India. <laughs> uh, first of all, time check. Time and location checks, make sure we're... You would appear to be... Uh, in America, 1969, July the 13th, you're on somewhere called Merritt Island in Florida. Or to be more precise, you're under Merritt Island in Florida. The oh, walls wow. are definitely some sort of amber type material. And as you look around, you notice that there are a number of humans uh, encased in this amber against the wall. Do any of them look familiar? Um, Doing a time check, one of them in particular stands out. Um, you've seen his face before uh, in ancient history books. Uh, I believe his name is Neil Armstrong. Oh, jeez. Uh, there are, as I said, uh, three of them would appear to have NASA technician uh, uniforms on. And the other is, looks familiar to you as well, but... Um, Unless you scan it with your tether, I'm not sure you'd necessarily recognize them. Uh, yeah, scan with tether. 
His name is Michael Collins. Oh. Pilot. Apollo, uh, Apollo 11. Right, well, that's something we'll have to deal with. There are several of these large cockpit like creatures approaching you. The captain looks yeah. terrified. Is the tunnel still behind us? Is the <clears throat> tunnel is there. This time it would appear to be giving out a sort of greenish-grey uh, sort of light and there is a smell of uh, rotten apples coming from it. <sighs> it would appear is that this... every time you go through, the gate seems to be able to be identified slightly differently back to your senses. But yet it's oscillating randomly. Um, hmm. As far as you can see, the gate would appear to be uh, giving slightly different destinations. But Dr. Brin is, is aware that previous experience with Time Watch has had with these is that 50% of the time they generally back to the home gate. I would assume this is not the home gate. Out of character, I've actually been to this island. Not under it, but I've been on it to watch a shuttle launch. My mother lived in that county, Brevard County. And there were no giant cockroaches there. But you weren't underneath the island at the time. I was not underneath, so possibly there was. <laughs> so what are you actually... At the moment, for the most part, the creatures that you identify as uh, uh, Aziru are ignoring you for the most part. It's almost as if you aren't there. The only one they seem to be paying the slightest bit of attention to is the Korean captain who seems to be trying to threaten them with a gun. <clears throat> to all intents and purposes, you are virtually invisible to these creatures. I don't think this is going to last for long, this invisibility. Right. Uh, they do seem to be noticing you now. Can you tell if he's got some sort of... Uh, Well, before we, before we do anything else, why, why don't we just stun him and then try and get out before these things really take... Well, the, the, the second notice already, but let's see if we can stun him and get back out before... This is the Sergeant. I'm on board with that. The Goliath, correct? Sorry? This this is the Goliath, no, correct? No, I, no, no I this is the captain. This is, oh, this the, is the captain, okay. This was the Russian smoking captain who was leading. He was the only one that survived. Nobody else has followed you through, so you have to assume that the rat-faced individual and the Goliath have not survived. Okay, because we couldn't carry a Goliath. Um, well, don't forget, last time you saw him, he had half his arm being ripped off mm. by a T-Rex clone. That was interesting. I got the two confused. <clears throat> Perhaps he can help lead us back to his home port. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think he has any control over the gate. The girl is still clutching away at her a collar and, and getting quite frantic. Are you doing anything mm. about that at all? or? I can do something. I think maybe we need to uh, relocate first. That's it. Uh, I'm going to stun the captain. And then, yeah. let's get out of here. 
What are you doing about the five individuals uh, ambered against the wall? Oh, we seem to have lost Rob again for some reason. Uh oh. That is like, like the third curiosity, is there any way we can actually, we can actually modify the disruptor into like any favour we can for now? Um. Tinkering roll of eight. I would allow you to set it up to some sort of exp uh, almost uh, stun grenade. Oh, I could do that. If you want to uh, roll and put in your tinkering skills into that, then I, I think it would be quite feasible for you to turn uh, a pacifist into a, a stun grenade of some sort. No, what I'm saying is, what I was saying is, can we, can we modify it in such a way? We are currently in uh, the Aziru base. There are five uh, humans ambered against the uh, the wall. Um, the captain is currently in a discussion with one of the Aziru and doesn't seem to be making much of an impression. The girl is busy clutching her uh, the instrument to her neck and half expecting to lose her head any minute. And the gate is still open behind you. Right, you you actually said that if if there was one large sharp shot to this this amber, it would crack. Right. That is correct. Right. What the hell? Shape shift. Mhm. Mm and I am I am gonna shape shift my arm into a whacking great mace. Right. What Form of a medieval knight. Does seem that way. What are the rest of you doing at this point? Uh, <coughs> I don't know. I'm tempted to just leave the captain to it. <laughs> right. So, what are we doing about the girl who's terrified? What are we doing about the other uh, four? I think Dr. Breen needs to try and get that off her. <sighs> Dr. Breen has zero um, empathy towards towards people, um, but <clears throat> that being said, I'm very interested in the collar and how it works, so I'll go start tinkering with it. Okay. Uh, if you can do a, a tinkering roll of uh, four or higher, you successfully remove the collar. Use one point of tinkering. Three. Three or higher. I rolled a three. You have successfully managed to remove the collar. She looks extremely happy at seeing it dropping stitch. away. And she grabs at your your arm. She is terrified of the, the big bugs that are shifting and, and moving uh, nearby. Oh, she's holding me. Oh. She seems to be uh, wanting signs of human affection, which is interesting. Oh, uh, you're not familiar with. Uh, can right. somebody? Um. What is that, Lanny, doing at this point in time? Rob. Uh. I'm... I'm going to say, Captain, tell my father if you want to live. He is about to start firing at the Aziru. Bid 5, you are successfully managing to crack the amber, and yeah. an unconscious body has just fallen to the grounds. 
Uh, it right. does rather look as if the Azero are now paying attention to you. Right. Which body is it? Who is it? Uh, you went for Neil Armstrong first. Right. I want uh, Armstrong, Buzz and Collins. After that, it doesn't really matter. Mem tags. That is a very good idea, Atlanta. Yeah, are you sticking yeah. a mem tab on uh, Neil yeah. Armstrong as you do so? Yeah. I've heard Neil Armstrong's good in a fist fight, though. He's unconscious at the moment. He's not going to be able to swing very far. <laughs> right, you stick a mem tag on uh, Neil Armstrong, and a second later, he vanishes. Brilliant. Uh, Whose idea was that? I believe that was Atlanis. Yeah. I want to give him a stitch for that because that was that was yep, great. I, think I, that was think I should have thought of that. Right. So what are you doing next, folks? Right. So Rob, you now have two stitches. Right. I want to continue and try and get Buzz out. Uh, it's not Buzz, as I said. It's uh, Michael Collins. Well, Michael Collins then. That's fine. He falls down. Mem tag. And a zero is now moving towards you. Right. Is it right? Oh, outright, as, as the, uh, right, first of all, out of the remaining NASA staff, is there anybody there that's recognisable? They are just technicians on from NASA going by the uniforms. Okay, I am, I am going to stun the captain and grab him. That's, can you, it's a, uh, Three or higher to stun the captain since he's completely surprised. He's currently staring up in front of you. Five. No problem. What are you doing with the captain as he falls to the ground? And what are you doing with the angry Aziru that's sitting standing in front of you? Uh, grabbing captain, running. <laughs> the Aziru is trying to splatter psychic goo at you. Uh. That's not pleasant. You can hear it splashing against you as it does. Uh, so is uh, I'm just gonna try and block with the captain. <laughs> right. Good idea. <laughs> He's already unconscious. And you succeed. He is taking the majority of the psychic goo. Which starts to harden into an amber-like material on part he of his body. He smacks around young girls. I have no remorse. Nope, not in the slightest. Right. So, what is everybody doing at this point? What are we doing about the other two? What are you doing about uh, Michael Collins lying unconscious on the ground? I mem-tagged him. You mem-tagged him. He vanishes a second later. What about the three technicians? Um. Right, what I am, what I am, I am, what I'm going to do, can I actually see the name badges at all, or if there's any names or anything like They're that? They're under the amber. All you can see is human bodies. You, just, you can see that they are NASA technicians, that's all you can see. Right, try and get, no, keep on trying to get them out. Okay, roll for me please, to see if you can smash the, last, the amber on one of them. Right, I tell you what. It's going to be a scuffling, and I'll drop... I'll actually drop two in. Okay. So that will make it... Uh, anything other than a six, you have six. What, we, what is Dr. Brin doing at this point? <clears throat> I'm trying to communicate with this human, this person. Um, um, 
see if she understands me. Well, I assume the translator will translate. What do you see pointing at the gate? Uh, home. She tells you her name is uh, Kang Hu, and she's, she keeps on saying the word home and pointing. That's home? Home. Okay. Atlani, you are busy still using the captain as a shield. And the uh, Aziru is now starting to get some reinforcements coming towards you. Right. Uh, is this... Uh, is this cavern sort of made out of this uh, amber? Or? It does appear to be of a similar material, yes. Mm. <clears throat> See, I, I have an idea, but it's not within my character's area of expertise. That's fine. Do you want to use a stitch? Uh, yeah. So what's your idea? Uh... Using uh, some uh, some sort of resonance uh, to cause the the cavern to start to collapse and uh, send the Ezra into a fleeing panic. That's fine. Do you have any tinkering skills? No, I don't. That's why. Um, I would say, as I said, if you are willing to uh, tinker using a stitch uh, yep. with your uh, pacifist you should be able to set it so that it uh, basically creates some sort of vibratory field whether it would be sufficient or not it'd be worth trying it would be the equivalent of uh, blowing it up yeah okay there is also a collar nearby which would also seem to supply sufficient amount of explosives that would be able to be set off by the tether oh that's fair yeah so uh, putting the two together, you may well end up having something that would work. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do that then. Okay. So, spend a stitch. Uh, I, I grab the collar, uh, throw it up towards the ceiling, and uh, shoot it as it's close to the, the amber material. The amber starts to crack, and the zero seem to be panicking and moving back. Uh, Vid5, what are you doing regarding the three individuals ambered against the wall? Uh, well, is, are they coming out? The amber appears to be cracking. The air seems to be falling down to the ground, but they are at risk of being the tunnel collapsing on top of them. Right. <laughs> if I can, I, I will mentag them and get them out. But... Because we don't know who they are, we don't actually know if it's if saving them is going to if saving them not is going to have a major effect on the Apollo 11 mission. But, I mean, with uh, Armstrong and Collins, they've got to go. But with these just being technicians, it's quite, if we can if I can save them, I'll save them. Right. Do me a roll, please. Just a standard roll. Tell me if you get four or higher. Right, you've managed to tag one of them and has vanished into the future. The other two, it doesn't look as if uh, you've got enough mem tags on you. 
I'm I'm running towards the the, the wall uh, with my uh, autocorn extended into the uh, quarterstaff. That's fine. So, they are backing off. The, the the fact that the tunnel is cracking seems to be uh, slightly terrifying for them. They don't seem to know quite what to do here. Uh, and I'm going to crack the. I'm going to try and crack the remaining amber with the the uh, quarterstaff. That's fine. Dr. Brown, what are you doing? I noticed that they're trying to memtag uh, these guys. And they're running low. Yep. I have three. I'd like to memtag whoever's uh, in need. Okay. Throw, do an athletics uh, roll for me, please, just to see if you're successful in getting to the three and memtagging them in time. All three. Okay. Um, just one, one roll. roll. Just one roll. They're all spend three of them are lying beside each other. I'll spend a point of athletics. Okay. I rolled a four, so that's five. That's fine. Success, no problem. You managed to get the memtags on. You have the captain uh, lying there. You have the girl beside you. And the, the entire base would appear to be collapsing. All of the technicians have now been retrieved, as well as the two astronauts. What are your actions? Uh, grab Captain uh, and the girl and run uh, back through the tunnel, maybe. That's fine. What's the rest of you doing? Yes, going with the uh, clingy girl through the tunnel. She does seem to be rather fond of you. She doesn't seem to want to let go of you. <sighs> You're entering the tunnel. It's... You're no longer here in the baying, but there is something not quite right about this jump. seems like every time we travel through this, it's losing cohesion. I have to admit, it does seem as if the um, uh, the gates are less secure than your autocrons. You've come out in what appears to be a uh, bunker of some sort, metallic. There are Korean soldiers standing either side of what seems to be a, a, a blank wall that you've just stepped through with the captain. And the captain starts shouting at the top of his voice, shoot them, shoot them. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm holding the captain at gunpoint. <laughs> okay, the captain's still shouting. Sh shoot us and you, you shoot your captain. How many soldiers? Three. The siren has just gone off. This would appear to be the home base. This is definitely where the Koreans came from in the first place. Okay, Gosh. knowledge check. Be real quick. If um, if we're supposed to, as our, our base, we're supposed to um, find the point of origin and disrupt the bridge from their point of origin. Um, You've just discovered it. Would, so we are now on their side of it. You would appear to yes. be somewhere in... Uh, November 2013, North Korea, um, near the, the, the capital city, underground, and I think you can safely say that you have discovered where the wolf pack came from. I'll begin uh -huh. um, prepping the ERBDD, Einstein-Rosen Bridge Disruptor Device. Right. 
By the way, everybody take an extra stitch point there for uh, escaping and destroying the Zero base, please. Yep. Yeah. Can I uh, say an out-of-character thing just to, about the game itself? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't normally do this again, but travel tests. We haven't taken any travel tests. Is that because no, we're not, not using our autocrons? You've not yeah, used any autocrons. You've been traveling through the gate. Through, through a relatively stable gate. It's That's because why. you okay. have no control over what is likely right. to happen to you in a gate. And so, chronal stability tables. As a GM, how I, this is one of the things that I was trying to figure out if, you know, when I go to run this. How, when do you know when to do a chronal stability test? It's, Every you time know, you jump with your uh, through time using your autocron, you should do a chronal uh, stability test. Well, yeah, right, no, I mean, I meant the chronal stability as far as paradoxes. You know, when you when well, do you so know far you haven't created any players, paradoxes. You don't think so? I How don't do, think you that's have. very, you know, very. I guess only the GM decides, or for a nope. good story, be one of the players could bring it up and say, "Hey, well, that's maybe why this." I sent you the uh, the tables for paradox, so that at any point, if you think there is a paradox happening, it's worth players saying, hang on a minute, this could create a paradox. But at the Great. moment, uh, everything that's happened has been relatively able to be coped with. We've had the, uh, the the annoyance at Notting Hill Carnival, which didn't erupt into anything other than somebody turning up in fancy dress and then disappearing. Mm -hmm. We've had the trip back in time, which uh, possibly the uh, Velociraptor eggs being destroyed may have been a problem. There may be a paradox relating to uh, the sergeant being left behind, but I think that's very unlikely under the circumstances. Yeah, he's sort of degraded. Zero, that is, uh, if there's a paradox there, it's not one of your making. Right. You have freed, uh, possibly you prevented a paradox by the fact that you have uh, managed to liberate and free uh, Neil Armstrong, etc., um, mm -hmm. And you're now in North Korea, unless something you do here. Well, you go on. I'm not aware of any paradoxes at this point in time. Yeah. Well, Paul, well, the ang the ang the ang the angle I was coming from with uh, uh, Armstrong and the technicians was that, providing we saved uh, Armstrong and Collins, the technicians may may have set off a bit of a paradox, but I don't think it would have been major. It would have been a paradox of some sort. Yeah, there would, yeah, there, there would have... been would have been... There would, yeah, yes, yes, I agree, there would have been a paradox, but if if we if we didn't see to Armstrong and Collins first, the paradox would have been a lot stronger. It would have been, and whatever the Zero were planning would have probably succeeded. And uh, and and they and and basically the, the thing with the thing with the eggs, I think that's such a minor thing. A couple of eggs mm -hmm. in the past, it's that small and insignificant anyway. I don't think it would have been an issue. No, I don't think it is either. That's why I've said so far. As far as I'm aware, you have not created any paradoxes as a team. Time heals its wounds. Well, very minor ones. As I said, we'll discuss it at the end if we may, but. Uh, I don't think there's been any real paradoxes created under this circumstances. Okay, Nothing thank you. Nothing that would not be flowed down as a minor uh, breach. Very minor. So going back, we have 
the captain, we have a couple of soldiers, we have the home gate. What are your actions, folks? And the siren has gone off. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holding the... I'm, I'm still holding the captain uh, as a, a sort of shield. Yep, that's fine. And I'm going to... I'm, I'm, I'm holding my pacifist in the other hand. Um, I'm afraid you're... Oh, yes, you have still got your pacifist. So that's fine. You may wish to use the pacifist since you're in very close proximity to the captain. Yeah. What is Dr. Bryn doing with the uh, bridge disruptor? I'm going to fire it. That's fine. I'm good. Where are you placing it? Oh, I have to place it. Okay. Um, alarm is knowledge. Going. Knowledge of how this works. Does it take time for it to work? Do we have to? Does it have to? I, I believe we were be undisturbed to for a period running. of time. You have a minute and a half from the time you activate it before it will go off. Can I shorten that time with my tinkering and my timecraft ability? You certainly can. Okay, what do I need to do? Uh, just a standard roll, four or higher, to change this. It's a fairly uh, simple alteration. Okay, I want to make sure, so I'll spend two points of tinkering. I'm down to three. I rolled a one. So the two points only makes a three. Right, so you haven't successfully managed to tinker it, but it will still go off in less than a minute now. Okay. What are you doing, folks? The, the guards are completely surprised. They have no idea what's going on here. last thing they expected was to be invaded through the gate. The, the soldiers that are there seem to be backing off rather than firing their weapons, but there are other troops com coming into the, the bunker ah, cell. Right. Um, so the pacifist disruptor out. I think we, we shoot these guys. That's fine, it's then... a shooting skill. So if you can please roll four or higher. Yep, five. Uh, one, two. Uh, spending two points. Uh, I'll spend three points actually. No problem. Uh, uh, that's a five. 20 seconds. That's fine. You've successfully knocked out the first two guards. 15 seconds. Uh, I'm, the bridge I'm, disruptor is due to go off in less than 10 seconds now. Uh, uh, perhaps we should move a little bit away from the gate? Yeah, let's, let's get away from it. I take the girl away. Casually. Right. I would strongly suggest, knowing your knowledge, you want to be as far away as possible, not in the bunker. Run! I point my finger in the air and yell, is run! It, well, it, uh, is, is it, oh, yeah, yeah, just autocron out. That's fine, so you immediately switch on your autocrons. You start Will she moving. Go Will she go with us? She does. She, well, she's dragged with you. Okay. And the last thing you hear is the explosion as the gate is breached. You find oh, yourself... Oh, I didn't, I didn't know it would do that. It's basically a very small nuclear device. Ah, I had forgotten I that point. I suggesting that you might want to be as far away Sorry, as possible. I, for, I forgot to mention that. The, 
you are finding yourself successfully back at uh, Time Watch Citadel. The girl is with you, very confused, very unsurprised. Um, before we do that, can we ask everyone to roll a chrono stability roll, please? We should have done that before I, I jumped into pulling you out. Uh, four. Successful? Two. You've lost two points of chrono stability, but at this stage, uh, it's not going to make a lot of difference. And uh, vid? Um, fine. But, but at this stage of the game, it doesn't it really make So, you are now back uh, at uh, Time Watch Citadel. You have successfully closed the home gate. You have uh, limited any paradox as far as I can see. Um, 1983 Notting Hill Carnival had minor disruptions, but it, it passed off fairly peacefully. I speak as an ex-copper who uh, was there on the day. Wow. Um, cool. As I said, from there, going back to um, the uh, sort of Triassic period, uh, again, I can't see there was any problems there at all. The underground base, for whatever reason, you have successfully managed to retrieve all five of the, the humans that were trapped there. Um, Time Watch will now be sending uh, a team in of soldiers to make sure that the base is completely cleared and to deal with any further action that happens there. Um, you have successfully uh, dealt with uh, the North Koreans in 2013 and as a result uh, the Supreme General who was in charge Supreme General Jang Song Thiak uh, was executed <laughs> uh, you may have read the news about it supposedly for rebellion but the real reason was that North Korea lost its only time travelling portal <laughs> And uh, the uh, leader of the North Korean army, Kim Jong-un, is very upset at that uh, as a result. Uh, you currently have the captain who will be uh, dealt with by Time Watch. And you have successfully uh, retrieved the psychic 15-year-old Kung Hu Fin, who is the, the young girl that's with you, who is uh, immediately taken off to the hospital to be treated. So all in all, a very successful mission. Awesome. Thank you. So as I said, I tried to set this up so it would only run for two hours. We've managed to come in seven minutes under time. Can I ask for uh, an honest appraisal how you felt it went? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh, we're still getting used to the rules, obviously. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm, I'm struggling very much with the combat rules. And it oh. is... Very Go on. No, I find the combat rules a little bit uh, confusing, but probably that's just due to my lack of time being able to spend reading them over. Um, and it is very easy to forget to do checks as you're running through. You're all right, we should be doing more chrono stability checks. Anybody else? Any comments? The, 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 the only comment I've got to make is with... Do, do, do you know, with the time tunnel thing, it did 
it did seem like it did seem to me like there was a lot of choice, a lack of choice where to go. We just it sort of felt like we were just taking like a path. I mean, with with certain things I've played, things play out even 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 though it's like set out in such a way it it can vary so much but with with like the tunnel there's no no real options but to follow that path in a sense you know what i mean no yeah. that, well, that was a that well, was a time well, tunnel and we're doing a two-hour adventure so we didn't I, have I, time I, to... I, will, I will point out we didn't have to use the time tunnel we could have uh like i said uh sent someone ahead as a scout and use their own autocrons to maybe jump in earlier or something yeah. but i mean the idea was literally to make sure that we could keep this to two hours so yeah. from that point of view, I deliberately use time tunnels, the wormhole, rather than the autocrons, because one of the things I've noticed from other people playing this is that the games do have a tendency to go on and go off on wonderful tangents, which is brilliant. Uh, I love the idea of the tangents, but um, not when you try and set it to a set specific time. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, that is a, that's why I, I will not necessarily be using wormholes very often. The autocrons are the the way to travel. Right, right. Yeah, I like I like Rob's idea for um, for jumping ahead or whatever. That that is cool. But yeah, it makes sense to be more on rails for a two-hour adventure. One thing I will say is that um, I should have been given out more stitches because some of the ideas he came up with, uh, cracking the the chamber from uh, Atlani was definitely a stitch worthy moment. Yeah. Um, uh, as was we forgot to we, we, we forgot we, to we use our stitches too. We, we all could have remembered to to, to give it stitches as well because we're we're allowed to say we're allowed to say that that was stitch worthy to each other. So. Well, I, I see this game as being one of the ones that definitely is more about partnership between the GM and the players than players versus GM and therefore I love that to me it, it really brings that out the idea that you can look for paradoxes yourself and, and identify them that you can uh, suggest stitches when I haven't necessarily remembered and so on apart from as I said the fact it was a very linear adventure and I fully appreciate that James as I said that was on my part on this occasion yeah a deliberate choice uh, to try and focus you into a number of different encounters. Um, how did you find it apart from that? Everything. How did you find the the, the actual sense of adventure? Uh, I I, th I think I think basically I think basically once once we've played it a lot more and like you as a GM and us players uh, gets gets more in, into the system, things will actually get get. A lot more smoother, you know what I mean. I mean, event eventually we'll get to a point where you'll just say, "Roll for this," and then, you know what I mean. You, you, usually, we will know what we're rolling for as well. Mm. I think. I, I mean, as, as I said, it's it's a while since I've actually played the gumshoe mechanic, so because um, I'm currently I'm currently playing Knights Back Agents at the moment. Yeah, that... I've never played gumshoe at all, so this is a new one for me. Yeah, well, yeah, it uh, seems uh, pretty simple. It does, I mean, doesn't it? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. At it, I've actually, I've actually played it before. Uh, there might have been one or two things I might have done differently as a GM, but other than that, it was okay. You know what I mean? 
Damned by faint praise, sir. Damned by faint praise. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the thing is, when I've, um, I mean, so, some things like, uh, it's, 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 uh, it actually says in the rules that, like, certain things, if you've got, uh, the, if you've got the points in investigate, in the, you know, the investigators for the abilities, that, more or less, they're, auto- they're usually automatically successful, and you only have to do a spend when you really want something special doing. Right. Yes, I had noticed that. So, uh, if I haven't done that, I apologise, folks. Uh, I should be a bit more familiar with it myself next week because I'm uh, planning to run uh, what the time shot, time watch one shot on Saturday. So. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> 